This is The Winner's Take with host Nelson Rowley Raisbeck and professional sports handicapper Dave Essler. Welcome in to Winner's Take. As always, I'll be your host, Nelson Rowdy Raisbeck, joined by professional sports better Dave Essler. If you want to get any of our content, you can follow me on Twitter at Rowdy underscore Razor. You can follow Dave at Dave underscore Essler, or you can find his work at pregame.com. Yeah, so looking at our first game here for the Monday, July 17th slate, uh, going to be looking at a 705 first pitch. Going to be the Tampa Bay Rays traveling to Texas to take on the Rangers. Shane McClanahan on the mound for the Rays. Dane Dunning on the mound for Texas. What are you thinking for this one, Dave? Yeah, I mean, I try not to take the obvious and take t- Tampa Bay here. I mean, the, the Rangers are very good against left handed pitchers. In fact, they've actually been a great over team against lefties. Uh, that this is a Cy Young candidate. Uh, granted, but he's also a mere mortal on the road. Uh, and I noticed he'd been slipping just a bit before the break, and that's really, I don't think, too unexpected given the amount of innings he's pitched. Uh, but with the rest, he was still hit hard at Seattle uh, last outing. So, I mean, to be fair, there are guys that have thrown more pitches and more innings, rather, but he's made 17 starts, and I just think he, he could be wearing down a little bit. He beat the Rangers a month ago, but he wasn't dominant. So I do think the Rangers get some runs. Uh, Dunning hasn't pitched in two weeks, obviously, and if the rest helps him kind of revert back to where he was in April, uh, the Rangers are very live home dogs, and the betters do like him. About three-quarters of the tickets are on Texas, uh, because I think both teams played some. I-, I leaned over, but I missed eight and a half. The first five line is five for a total. I was hoping for a four and a half. Um, given the Rays' travel last night after losing to the to the Royals, I, I have to like the Rangers. I'm not in love with the Rangers, but I like Texas here. Yeah, Dave, I actually gave this one out uh, this morning. I went with Texas in the first five, can't trust their bullpen. But it's pretty much everything you said about McClanahan. Um, He has an ERA over three on the road. And when you look at, you mentioned his struggles, he actually was dealing with some back issues and went on the DL for a couple weeks stint. So this is actually his first start back. So I feel like it's risky to bet the Rays even with McClanahan. And you mentioned how Texas, you know, hits him pretty well. They've already seen him and they just in general are a really good hitting team. I looked at it and it was Texas in the first five for me. And depending on when you were looking at it, I know it was right around even money at plus 100 or just slightly uh, around minus 105, depending on where you looked. So that was mine, but I I did have a couple of props that I was looking into for this game. So the first one, I did like Nate Lowe to get a hit at minus 220. Uh, this was a guy that basically had seen McClanahan before, and he has had some success on McClanahan. Then if you look and see what Nate Lowe has been doing the last week, the last two weeks in the last month, he has been absolutely crushing the baseball. So I thought at you know minus a 220, it was a decent bet for Nate Lowe to get a hit. And then there was another flyer. Now this is a backup catcher, more of a a hitting catcher, but Mitch Garver at minus 130 to get a hit, if he's in the starting lineup, might be a sneaky good one, just because this guy has historically absolutely crushed left-handed pitching. Not so much against righties, but has crushed left-handers. And he's also seen 
uh, Shane McClanahan before too, and has has done all right against him. So uh, yeah, Mitch Garver was one for two with a walk in three plate appearances, and Nate Lowe was one for three with a walk as well. And then the third one, I, I brought the props for this game. I think Dane Dunning over his four and a half strikeouts could be doable. You mentioned the fact that he's got a little bit of rest. And when he was pitching less early in the season, his strikeout rates were much higher. And on top of that, he hasn't seen a ton of the Rays. And the Rays are susceptible to strikeout. I think they're kind of middle of the road in baseball. So I think uh sneaky one is Garver to get a hit. Or else I like Nate Lowe to get a hit. And I think I would uh, look into the Dane Dunning strikeouts over four and a half. Well, they all sound good to me. It'd be good as long as McClanahan doesn't throw a complete game shutout. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like, well, oh, McClanahan's back has has been uh, acting up, hasn't been as good to the end of the break. He's already seen Texas, or I guess Texas has seen him. Yeah, no hitter, something like that. Probably. Well, let's go to let's go to Seattle. So looking to our second game of the slate, it's going to actually be an 840 Central Time first pitch. It's actually on national TV FS1. This will be the Minnesota Twins heading to Seattle to take on the Mariners. Sonny Gray on the mound for the Twins. And you have Logan Gilbert on the mound for the Mariners. Dave, what are you thinking for the second game? Yeah, um, both of these guys are guys that give me trouble figuring them out. I mean, I bet on them, bet against them. Just when I think they will, they don't. Um, The interesting thing about Gilbert, which is contrary to my conventional thinking, is teams that have gotten to him have not been division rivals. You know, rather they're they're teams he rarely sees. I mean, he dominated the Angels right before the break. That's a division team. He hasn't thrown it over a week, so I I could make the case that the Twins score. Uh, They did just sweep a series and scored a bunch, but of course that was against Oakland. But what really scares me there is they also gave up a bunch. Uh, to Oakland. And, you know, Gray was beaten up by the Orioles before the break, but that was his second consecutive start against the Orioles. So really quite predictable. I mean, I think next year I might just make all my bets and just blindly, blindly expect the, the opposite outcome in the, in the rematch. Cause we talk about it ad nauseum, but um, I'm sure it's a, it's a high percentage. Well, you know, it's a very high leverage bet, I think. And, but Gilbert is backed by a solid bullpen right now. And Gray, I'm not so sure. I do like Seattle, and I also like the under at seven and a half, which was available at DraftKings. Uh, first five under four is a viable option. Twins team total under is a viable option. Um, I have to go with Gilbert. I tried to make the case to go against what the public will think, but I couldn't do it. Yeah, this is one where we're going to disagree here, Dave. Second game, first disagreement. I actually looked at uh, the Twins in the first five at at plus money here. And the reason why I would take the Twins is you look at that total, it's really, really low. It's around seven, depending on where you look. And the fact that I thought both of these pitchers were pretty evenly matched when you look at their numbers and how well they've done. Sonny Gray might be a little bit better, but you mentioned how Gilbert has thrown the ball really well against teams outside or not as well against teams outside of his division, which is a little bit weird. But I, I almost thought that getting right to it, it's like, well, if we have a low-scoring game and on paper it looks pretty even, I'd probably just roll with Sonny Gray, who I thought to be a little bit better, and I'm catching a, you know, a bit of plus money here in the first five innings. And like you said, didn't want to mess with uh, the bullpens. So it was Minnesota in the first five for me. Yeah, I can't – I could argue that, but let's just see how it plays out. I mean, you know, it's not like Gray sucks. 
Uh, it's not like Gilbert is money every time he goes out. Uh, I tried to find a way to, to back Minnesota, and I couldn't do it. So, you know, one of us will get a win, and one of us will be be paying up. Well, let's look at our third game here. Third game of the slate that we're going to look at. It's actually a 7-10 Central Time first pitch between the Detroit Tigers and the Kansas City Royals. You have Matt Manning on the mound for Detroit, and you have Jordan Lyles on the mound for the Royals. Dave, what are you thinking for this one? Yeah, um, I mean, it's not the class of the Titans, but, you know, money spends the same. I mean, everyone knows the Royals are 1-16 in in games. Lyles has started. Um, You know, I have time and time again bet on him uh, to simply be respectable once. And I've obviously spent a lot of money betting uh, almost on what we call the do theory, and that's something I always advise against. So um, from here on out, do as I say, not as I do. At home, his whip is actually very respectable, actually. And he's had four losses where he did allow just one earned run. Uh, it is the Tigers, but Manning's looked half decent since coming off the IL. I mean, the market doesn't know what to do with Lyles. I mean, they can't make him a favorite. So, you know, they assume Lyles will give up a ton. And, of course, betters bet accordingly. They push the total to nine and a half. Um, I can't take a side, but I can bet that under, believe it or not. I mean, you need to – if you're betting under nine and a half, you need – 10 runs to lose that bet. And that's a bet I'm willing to make. I mean, although we don't have studs on the mound, you know, we don't have the Braves against the Dodgers offense either. So um, I'm going to go ahead and, and take the under nine and a half runs in that game, Nelson. I know we talked about this when you were up at the golf outing roughly three weeks ago, the, you know, the Jordan Lyles day where it's always fade Lyles. And you mentioned how everyone knew he's one in 16 this year, or I guess the Royals are one in 16 in starts. I got to take the Tigers. I got to just fade Jordan Lyles. The reason being is you mentioned how Manning is actually, since he's gotten healthy this year, he's actually throwing the ball decently well. Um, It's inner division. And I know, but Manning's a young guy. They haven't, he hasn't been as uh, familiar with KC as Jordan Lyles has been around forever. So Detroit has seen him. Detroit has the much better bullpen and just in general, Detroit is, I mean, we're splitting hairs here, but the slightly better offensive team as well. I mean, I feel like you have everything here. Just give me Detroit to keep this uh, anti-Jordan Lyles train going. Fair enough. Fair but, enough. See, I even looked at this, and I, I forgot to mention it. Jordan Lyles has thrown one quality start this year. Do you know who that one quality start came against? Well, let me guess the Tigers. It was the Tigers. So I feel like he's had 17 starts and only one was a quality start. And you talk about the flip-flop making adjustments. I don't think he can throw another quality start against Detroit or else I don't think he will. So I'll take the Tigers. Fair enough. enough. But yeah. I didn't didn't take the Royals. So, you know, Tigers Tigers won to nothing and we'll both be happy. It's definitely not a clash of the Titans like you said, though. That's uh, that's one that's probably going to have like 10,000 fans at it. Well, you know, like I said, money's money. A dollar is a dollar, no matter where you are. Well, that'll conclude our Monday slate of games that we're going through for July 17th. Uh, let's move forward to our Tuesday slate. So we're going to be looking at Tuesday, July 18th games. First one on the slate here, Dave. It's a 540 Central Time first pitch. Milwaukee Brewers traveling to Philadelphia to take on the Phillies. Julio Tehran on the mound for the Brewers. Aaron Nola on the mound for the Phillies. 
What are you thinking about for it's actually the first game of the slate for the entire day? Yeah, actually, um, I'm I might get cut off here because we're gonna get in the middle of a huge thunderstorm, and uh, come on, my dog's gonna sit up on my lap. Um, but I could get struck by lightning. It's pretty nasty. Um, but having said that, I looked at this game and my first thought, Nelson, was I wonder if the Brewers are in potential letdown mode after sweeping the Reds. I mean, that was a big series. Uh, with that in mind, and the fact that Tehran did appear to regress to the mean before the break. I mean, remember, nobody wanted him for six months. I, I think I'd have to take the Phillies. I mean, remember, the Phillies are a team that saw plenty of Tehran from his years in Atlanta. Uh, well, I don't love Nola and all the innings he's pitched. I think only four pitchers are throwing more, uh, which is in part due to a shaky Phillies pen. They have to they have to leave him in there to eat an inning or two. Um, he's at least rested, didn't pitch since the break. So um, I will I will go against your Brewers and take the Phillies. See, I would agree with you. If you made me pick a side, I would probably have to side with the Phillies. What I actually came to on this game was the Phillies team total. Well, here's my reasoning. Uh, I I can see that, actually. Over four and a half, you already mentioned the Phillies team total over. But if I had to take a side, it would be the Phillies. The over reason being is Julio Tehran, you mentioned earlier days with the Braves. They've seen him a ton. You talk about some of the guys that have had success against Julio Tehran for the Phillies, it's the exact guys that you would want it to be. It's your Bryce Harpers. It's your, you know, uh, Castellanos, your Schwarbers. It's all the guys that are your heavy hitters. So that scares me a lot too. And I know that the, the Brewers bullpen gets a day off and you mentioned a letdown, but how about this? They use Devin Williams three days in a row, which he had to talk to Craig Council about letting him do it. Uh, he also used their best setup guys two days in a row. And we know that as Brewer fans, Craig Council does not like to be uh, overly active using relief pitchers day after day after day. So who knows, even after a day off, if, if some of these guys would really be available in a higher leverage situation that he'd want to bring in. And, and outside of their top four relievers, the bullpen has kind of been kind of sketchy this year for the, the Brewers in year compared to years past. But uh yeah, those top four guys in the bullpen were used quite a bit over the weekend against the Reds. So I would I would lean with the team total over for the Philadelphia Phillies. And if you made me pick a side, I'd take the Phillies. Fair enough. I you know, I, I guess I, I don't know how much stock I put in if the Phillies are winning, if they're gonna get that ninth at bat, but you'd like to think they don't need it. Yeah, I would for me, if I was going to go with the over there, I wouldn't I wouldn't even think about the last at bat just because if Julio Tehran really does get hit hard there's no way they're bringing in any of those top guys yeah and you could you could also look at a first five team total that's that's also very doable and then then you take the uh the fact that the you know the brewers pen is rested for what it's worth out of the equation so you could just just fade Turin for five innings i suppose yeah so that's that's what I would look to do, but there was no way that I could play the Brewers in any type of fashion. Yep, agree. So looking at our second game for this Tuesday slate, we're going to go to a 6.07 Central Time first pitch. It's going to be the San Diego Padres traveling to Toronto to take on the Blue Jays. Joe Musgrove going for the Padres. Alec Manoa on the mound for Toronto. Yeah, this is going to be short and sweet. I mean, the, the scary part about backing Musgrove, who's been solid all year, is that the Padres just lost three or four to the Phillies. Uh, but not only that, every game saw at least 10 runs. So 
uh, that bullpen is not something that that I want any part of right now. The that being the Padres bullpen, and Toronto just swept a very good Arizona team, and obviously didn't have to travel. Uh, but there is Alex Manoa, who you know he's been shaky at best. I I'd love to find a way to take Toronto, but I just can't. So you know where I'm going. The only bet here is the Padres in the first five innings. Well, Dave, we are on the save wavelength here because I took San Diego in the first five as well. And basically, Musgrove had been throwing the ball well. Musgrove has been slightly better on the road this year, so take that for what it is. But it's it's the exact same thing you said. Alec Manoa has gotten absolutely destroyed this year. And then if you look at, oh, his recent start against uh, Detroit after he was brought back up, he threw the ball decently well. Well, if he was going to actually throw the ball well against a Major League Baseball team this year, Detroit is probably towards the top of that list. And I know the Padres' offense hasn't been what we were all hoping for, but there's clearly a lot more names on that roster than Detroit or or Kansas City. And Manoa is just way too shaky for me. And, and the fact that I'm looking at DraftKings here and they have this lined at minus 110 for each side for the full game yeah i will definitely look to play san diego in the first five here yeah i i think that'll probably go higher i mean if you have DraftKings and you can get 110 i'd take that right now because i would be surprised if that didn't go up to a, a buck and a quarter potentially even higher at least for the first five innings now moving forward to our final game here on the Tuesday slate. We're going to be looking at a, it's going to be a West coast game. So eight thirty-eight central time. It's going to be the New York Yankees taking on the Los Angeles angels, Domingo Herman on the mound for the Yankees, Patrick Sandoval on the mound for the angels. And this is one where uh, these two teams play actually tonight. So we won't know obviously what the bullpens look like going into this game. Yeah. When I texted you yesterday, uh, so let's do these games. Um, the Angels hadn't played last night, and I don't want to look at another Angels game this season. Like full disclosure, I was on the Angels on uh, I was on them Saturday when they coughed up a huge lead, and and last night I was on the Astros when they coughed up a huge lead. I I think both of these teams have so many variables that I I really want to pass this game too. Uh, but yeah, here we are. Uh, I thought the Angels pen. You were the one that picked it. I know, I know. I mean, that was before they cost me money again last night. I mean, I I went to bed before that was over, and I felt pretty good about it. But, you know, a four-run ninth inning by Houston made me wake up and want to puke. Um, You know, I I thought the Angels pen would improve at least some after the break uh, because they were like an ERA over eight and a whip over two right before the break. But it's only gotten worse. I mean – and the same can be said about the Yankees' pen. It's been horrible. On on Sunday as a team, yesterday, the Yankees uh, and Cole against the, the Royals uh, uh, recorded, I think, or maybe the Rockies, I'm sorry, 15 strikeouts. But they allowed four home runs and lost the game. I mean, I, I guess that means I should be betting the over in this game. Um, I'm positive most people will. So if you do like the over, I would do it early. You know, Herman is better than Sandoval, so maybe this is that simple because I – I cannot back the Angels. I have a hard time backing the Yankees, but by default, I'd have to. As far as the total, good luck. It, it looks too easy, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ultimately pass. Uh, but if you're up late and need a bailout game, that's all I got. 
Well, I looked at this one, Dave, and yeah, Domingo Herman, you know, he's the guy that threw that perfect game. Since that perfect game, you would think that there would have been, you know, kind of a, a big drop off. He's actually thrown the ball pretty well. Patrick Sandoval, eh, he's so so. But both of these teams, Dave, it just feels like the Yankees are kind of on their last breath as they're dropping in the AL East standings, and that's the most competitive division in baseball. The Angels. It felt like before the break uh, where you had Otani talking about Seattle, talking about maybe the, I think there was Dodgers rumors, trading him, trading Trout. What are they going to do? It feels like this Angels team with some of the injuries they've had and some of the news feels dead. The Yankees team feels like it's on their last leg slash last stand. I lean with the Yankees, especially because, like you said, Erman greater than Sandoval in my mind as well, and a better bullpen. But then it was exactly what you said. This total, all the numbers, Yankees are better against lefties. Uh, Angels offense is pretty good. All the normal year-long stats would tell you to take the over, but I looked and I wanted to do the exact opposite. I would take the first five under just because it seemed too easy, like you mentioned. Yeah, I don't disagree with you at all. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna underline that. First five, why I liked it with Sandoval, even though he scares me a little bit, is he did see the Yankees this year and got touched up a little bit. I think it was like four innings, uh, five runs. So there is a little bit of that where you could use the uh, adjustments theory there too. So yeah, give me the leans on the Yankees and the first five under. Good enough for my work. So that'll be our Monday and Tuesday slates for Major League Baseball. And I know that Dave said he wanted to get out a couple of one being an NFL future and the other being a college football future. So, Dave, uh, you can take it away. Yeah, I mean, I'd like Christian Gonzalez for the Patriots to uh, plus 950, actually, to be the defensive rookie of the year. And I looked at the he's the fifth favorite. I looked at the four people with shorter odds and, and just one by one. You know, Will Anderson from Alabama now with Texas is the prohibitive favorite, but with the Texans, he's going to have to have a, a monster season. And granted, they have the schedule for it, but I don't think he has the supporting cast. Then you got Jalen Carter. Um, he's got the pedigree also from the SEC, but you know, he's playing with an Eagles defense that's already good. He might not stand out. You got Tyree Wilson. He's solid, but he's playing with the Raiders in the AFC West, and that won't make it easier for him. Uh, and Devin, Devin Witherspoon would be the fourth, and he plays the right position, but on the wrong team. He's a cornerback with Seattle. Uh, Gonzalez plays the right position on the right team, uh, the Patriots. I mean, the list of marginally named cornerbacks that Belichick's turned into all pros is pretty lengthy. I, I don't think anybody would dispute that. Uh, and Gonzalez played at Oregon last year where he saw a ton of good quarterbacks, a ton of high-octane offense. Uh, I think his transition to the NFL will be pretty seamless, and I'm going to turn 100 bucks into close to a grand. Ooh, that would be a nice one to hit there, Dave. Yeah, well, I'm I'm planning on it, you know, and if he gets torched, then oh well, you know. Well, um, I think you just, know, just I, another I, another thing just off the top of my head that maybe this could help back your bet is he's also going to play with the Patriots. Obviously, Bill Belichick is a really good defensive coach. The Patriots always have a decent defense, so – he's got to be decent if he's going to become a starter. So, yeah, I mean, that was kind of the basis of it was that, you know, I mean, you know, look at, look at uh, all the cornerbacks and, and safeties that he's had over the years that came in as, 
you know, not highly heralded that turned out to be really good. I mean, you know, you go back to guys like Asante Samuel and, you know, even Ty Law. I mean, he was half decent out of Michigan, but, you know, he didn't come as a as a super high draft pick. And, you know, it, it just goes on and on. Lawyer Malloy and, you know, a lot of all those guys that he was also, I believe, from the Pac-12. But there's just a, a litany of guys that, you know, Malcolm Butler, you know, can't even make a roster anymore. And he turned into, into a, to an all-pro cornerback. So I really think he'll do the same here with Gonzalez. So I made the bet. I don't mind letting the books hold my money uh, for 10 to 1 for six months. Well, there you go, Dave, giving away a defensive rookie of the year in the NFL. And then you said you had a, a college future? I do. Uh, the Stanford Cardinal, under. Three and a half wins, yes, under three and a half wins. They were a three-win team last year. Actually had five players drafted, including their quarterback and two defensive backs. I mean, they were one and eight in the Pac-12 last year, and with just one of those eight losses was by less than a touchdown. You know, they, you know, David Shaw's out, um, Troy Taylor's in. He came from from Sacramento State, which that's a that's a pretty big leap. Um, and Stanford is kind of limited themselves actually in their ability to admit transfer portals. I mean, you know, Stanford's not a football school. It's a, you go there to actually learn stuff. Um, so I think they grabbed four players in the portal. I mean, most people do, you know, good teams do that in a day. And two of those guys are from the Ivy league. I mean, the roster is just, just full of holes. I mean, they, they got a game at Hawaii. They may not win that. Then they got uh, Taylor's old team, Sac state, which obviously they're going to win, but I think that's where they're winning stops. I mean, the Pac-12 has had one team finish with two or less wins, I think, for the last five years. And I think the Cardinals will be that team this year. So I feel pretty good about that one, too, uh, as well as my UConn over from last week. Yeah. So um, on on that uh, Stanford vein, I know that one of their other players that they got in the portal was actually from Wisconsin because he followed uh, Bobby April, who was the linebackers coach. A, I'll say a disciple of Jim Leonard over to Stanford, but yeah, maybe that improves their defense slightly, but um, Stanford has been pretty bad here late in Shaw's tenure and, and beyond. So uh, you don't really have much of an argument to me. I, I feel like you could name a lot of other PAC 12 schools. That'll be a lot more competitive than Stanford. So yeah, they'd, they'd be pretty far down on my PAC 12 list. Yeah. I mean, they got two games that are probably winnable Arizona and Arizona state. They're 50, 50 games. Um, in the Pac-12, but, you know, in a perfect world, they win four games, but we all know the world isn't perfect because I don't see them pulling any, I mean, they'll be huge underdogs in, in every other game. So they'd have to, they'd have to be, be perfect to win four games. And we know that that never happens. Yeah. I'm just, I'm looking at their schedule here real quick and you get USC, you mentioned Sacramento state and Hawaii, but yeah. They'd be dogs to Oregon, Colorado, UCLA, Washington, Washington State, Oregon State, maybe California. Notre Dame's a loss. So, yeah, that would be Hawaii, Sacramento State, Arizona, and California. That would be that would be the four. And they'd have yeah. to win, they'd have to win them all. And, um, 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 uh, you know, uh, I think that that will actually be Hawaii's second game. Uh, they play at Vanderbilt, and I think that'd be uh, obviously Stanford's probably their first game. And uh, I don't, I'm, I don't even think you can pencil in uh, Stanford 
uh, automatically beating Hawaii in Hawaii. So, or yeah. anywhere. That's what I was going to say. It's also in Hawaii, which is yeah. if, if it was going to be, Hey, Hawaii's second game and Stanford's first game and it's in Hawaii. Yeah. That's, that's even tougher. So yeah, that's one where I think, like you said, perfect season's four. And even if they, they win half of those 50, 50 games, you're at two. Yep. So I, I like that one. I will, okay. I will stamp that one with you. Okay, cool. I love it. All right. And that'll be our college and NFL football futures. Uh, Dave, we might as well give out some of our major league baseball best bets here to end the podcast. Well, did we win money last week? We ended up going two and two and splitting. Uh, I think the content was pretty good. If I remember right, I think the ones we didn't single out as best bets. I think, I think most of the, the leans likes probables were probably pretty good. Not going to lie. July has been as of today, our worst month with the best bets, but then that has to do with look at the rest of the podcast from last week. And it was just killing it. We just continue to pick the wrong best bets. Oh, well, well, I'm, I'm going to take, the, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to take the Padres in the first five innings, Musgrove over Manoa. Uh, that will be my best bet. So you kind of, I will co-stamp that with you because depending on which ones you took, I was going to take that for, and that would be for Tuesday's slate of games. Uh, I'm actually looking at it. I'll go with, uh, I'll go with two of them here. Same game, Texas in the first five innings on the money line, and that is uh, today's game. And then I'm going to go with uh, Dane Dunning over his strikeout total. I do kind of like that one so yeah four and a half four and a half is a good number I, I can see that happening if the Padres don't go off early he, he may he may well get that sooner than you think yeah so that'll be our three we got three major league baseball best bets mine will be Dane Dunning strikeouts over for the Texas Rangers and that's at four and a half and then the same one tied to that Texas game would be the Rangers in the first five innings on the money line and then Dave's his best bet will be for Tuesday. He's actually going to take the San Diego Padres in the first five innings against the Toronto Blue Jays. So it'll be our best bets. Now, just continue to uh, like the podcast, share it, download, uh, subscribe, do all that good stuff. One more time, if you want to find any content from us, uh, I'm on Twitter at Rowdy underscore Razor. Dave's on Twitter at Dave underscore Essler. Or you can find his work at pregame.com. And until next time, let's continue to win some money. The Winner's Take is your podcast for everything gambling at MadCitySportsZone.com. In the Zone app or wherever you get your podcasts, listen, rate, subscribe.